welcome to Football After Dark, Sunday night edition, our reaction episode. We are without our normal host, Jusby, so I am bringing us in. I am, of course, professional sports broadcaster and PFF employee, Nate Kuyper, and I am joined by Mr. Upset that Dan Quinn got fired because now the Falcons are good again, Corey Clemens. Hell yeah. Can't wait till they hire Bill O'Brien. <laughs> And and I am also joined by number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dustman. Hey, it's it, it me. I exist. Is it like it's not a coincidence that Dan Quinn got fired and Julio got into the end zone twice? Is it? You know, I as someone that just recently traded Julio Jones off of his fantasy team, I really hope. I really hope not. I, I hope mean, that you know he was due. Everybody was, everyone was sell Julio, sell Julio. Uh, he's he still got the hurt hammy. Don't start him. And then a couple of people were like, no, start him. So I listened to those people and started him today. Well, obviously, <laughs> well, listen, obviously that was the correct call. I was just so incredibly frustrated with him that, and again, we saw this type of performance from the Texans the game after they fired Bill O'Brien. So I was kind of expecting Julio to have a big game. It's it's primarily why I put him in. Uh, I did like a cheap little $3 daily fantasy thing this uh, today. And I threw Julio in there because I was like, he's going to have a good game today. I just fucking know it, especially because it's the Vikings and their DB stink. He's going to have a good game just to spite me. And he ended up having that. So... Um, but we won't talk too much about Vikings, Falcons. They've combined for two wins so far this year. Um, what's the first, just off the top of your guys' head, is there anything, any particular game that you guys want to talk about? Um, I want to get it out of the way. Cause I'm, I think I'm the only one that feels bad about it. I know Kuiper definitely doesn't feel bad about it. But Cleveland got trashed. I... Uh, terrible i feel like i might have actually bought in to cleveland for the first time in forever because this was the year i said if it's not this year i don't see it ever happening for cleveland and then this year they started off four and one you know their best start since they had bill or bill belichick and nick saban on the same coaching staff in cleveland and then they just come out here and they definitely look like they don't belong like in the conversation at all for I think they're still up there. I still think they're a good team. I think this legitimizes the Steelers though. The Steelers are finally beat a good team. So like they 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 better. They didn't beat they trashed a good team. Yes, they did. I don't uh, my only thing What's is the like, matter? What's the matter, Matt? Say it. They trashed them. They ran them off did. the field. They did. They don't but belong like, on the same field. No, 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 no. I can't. Like, They're garbage. Today, today they absolutely wrecked. I, <laughs> you're a Steelers fan. If you, you're over the moon happy. Yeah, yeah. My only thing is, like, Baker was hurt, didn't play the second half. He's, he had the hurdy ribs. I don't know how much that means in anything. I, I thought oh. it was interesting that, like, in that game, the, the Browns tried to attack the uh, quote-unquote weakness of the Steelers, which was their secondary coming into this game. So the Browns abandoned everything that they're good at to try and 
like game the Steelers defense and they didn't run the ball enough and I feel like they should have especially with Baker and his hurt ribs I, I don't know why they it's one thing to make attempts or scheme a little bit to attack the weakness of a defense like a Kyle Shanahan type thing but but like uh 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 you're blanking they don't yeah, no, they don't stray away from what they're good at. Well, like the 49ers run the ball because they're good at it, and they'll attack deep down the field on certain plays after establishing what they're good at and attack, attack you know, weaknesses on the other side. Browns didn't do that. They just tried to throw the ball right away. Well, all right. So here's the thing. Um, I agree that it's probably smart to try to take advantage of a team's weaknesses. But, okay, so so here were the first couple running plays that they had. So they had a run, the first run of the game, Kareem Hunt for two yards. Then obviously Baker got picked off, you know, his return for whatever. Then Kareem had a four-yard run. And then that was it. They punted. And then they had another run for 10 yards. They had another run for 7 yards. But then Baker got sacked on 2nd down and 3. And then they punted. And they had another one. This one, Kareem Hunt, went for minus 1 yard. Uh, they had that rookie, Johnson, go for 6 yards. Um, they had a penalty, a false start on the drive. Um, Kareem Hunt for no gain. So, it was like they were going to try to do it. But then the second they would get ahead of the chains and they would get into like a second down and three or a second down and five, which is a good opportunity to throw the ball, even though you're like you're a good running team, right? Because you want to be diverse. You just don't want to run the ball three straight times. It was either every time Baker dropped back, it was either a penalty, a sack or an incompletion. So and again, it kind of and plus they were down so quick like they were down so so much so early like part of it you can't run the ball like if you're down 17 nothing and your defense is can't can't stop the Steelers offense yeah you can run the ball a little bit but you still need to get those chunk plays down the field and they even had that drive right before the half where they scored the touchdown and everything was looking pretty good they had the wide open touchdown but I mean, this was a, I don't know. Like, I was tell—I was talking to a guy I work with prior to this game that back, you know, and, and, and again, like, I'm, I'm happy that we won, but I'm not, I'm not blind to the fact that Cleveland's good. Like, Cleveland's a good team. They're going to win, you know, nine to ten games this year just because the schedule is so weak. But I was telling a guy I work with that, you know, when Cleveland was bad, you know, you know, winning three to four games a year beating them just kind of felt like yeah it's whatever like even when we lost to cleveland when they were bad i didn't really care it was just kind of one of those things like yeah whatever their fans annoy me i don't care about the team most of the time we beat them ben roethlisberger's only lost twice to the cleveland browns in his entire career he's never lost to them in pittsburgh you know but for whatever reason this game leading up to this game because they're good I just I, I told this kid I work with I hope we just demolish them <laughs> because they're good. <laughs> like I, I just because they're good this year, I hope we destroy them. Just to just to oh man, just to like drop a boulder 
on everything that they've done over the last four weeks. And oh, it it just it just feels so good. It just feels so good. Chase Claypool is amazing. And James Conner's playing really good. That made me happy. Minka Fitzpatrick finally, finally, after five weeks, had a defensive score, which is something that he's been, like, known for. I think he has actually the most defensive touchdowns the last two seasons since he got to Pittsburgh, but he hasn't had one all year. So, I don't know. I think I think Cleveland. Rip, yeah. Rip Devin Bush though. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Unfortunately, that's a big loss. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely not <laughs> it's not great. Um, mm. He he was he was playing okay. Um, obviously, losing a, a middle linebacker when you're primarily a four three defense that runs a lot of nickel stuff is is gonna hurt. Um, I think it's primarily gonna hurt in like pass coverage situations because we still have you know a great pass rush and Vince Williams is really good blitzing and he's a good tackling linebacker I think it's actually going to hurt much more in like pass coverage situations across the middle because Devin Bush is just so fast and so athletic that he can cover a lot of ground but oh my god Chase Claypool he's so good no I mean okay so someone was throwing some shade at the Browns four days ago on in a tweet Last time the Browns beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, 6,220 days ago. And two hours ago, Chase Claypool quote retweeted it and said, Dang, I was still wearing diapers. <laughs> Man, he's he's a memer, dude, and I love it. Can I just say, I was so upset uh, in the last episode that I was on. Remember how I brought up how Chase Claypool looked a lot thinner and that he dropped 15 pounds from college to the pros. Yeah. Two days later, literally two days later, Greg Cosell, who's like the NFL films guru, it was either on the Fantasy Points podcast or Colin Cowherd's radio show. He said the exact same thing, like two days later. And I was so mad because I was like, son of a bitch. Like, it's like that thing where... I don't know what person it was uh, that took Matt's take that the Panthers are better with Mike Davis than they are with Christian McCaffrey, but they stole his thunder. It's like, dude, Greg Cousel stole my thunder, man. I was upset about it. But that the, the next game I was going to talk about, uh, tying it in with the Steelers, was now, next week, this sets up for an absolutely massive game between Pittsburgh and Tennessee... I who, want this game so bad, dude. Who? Okay. Are are we getting to the point where we might be running out of adjectives for Derrick Henry? Like what? Close. What else do you say? Like what could you possibly say about what he does and how insane he is? He he now has five career rushing touchdowns of at least seventy yards. He's tied. With Barry Sanders all time. There's three words that you can use to describe him. It's he's a man. And that's <laughs> it. Like that's the only thing you can say is he's a man. Like it's it's incredible. Like two hundred and twelve yards today, plus the fifty three yard 
touch or catch in overtime. It was it's Plus, like even even if Pittsburgh comes out next week and says, "All right, we're gonna shut down Derrick Henry," you know, we're gonna have our run blitzes set up, so we're gonna take away the inside runs and gonna force him outside, but we'll still have people out there to be able to shut him down. You still have Ryan Tannehill that's lighting it up, and we've seen like how susceptible Steelers are where they're selling out to stop the run that they can people are able to throw on them and now even losing Devin Bush there's going to be even more stuff in the middle it's going to be a game I think it's a big thing I like sorry continue you finish I'm going to I was just going to say I think this is the game where we figure out if like the Titans are for real or not like I think I think we all know they're good but like if they can come out against the Steelers and you know, still put up 30 points, then they might be the looking to be the best team in the league this year. That, that, that's my thing. Do, are we... Most people still seem tentative to want to call the Titans good for... Do, you know why? Because of Ryan Tannehill. Well, everyone keeps it. I mean, can he right. keep doing this? Can he keep sustaining? Can, oh, it's all Derrick Henry. No, dude. Derrick Henry had the big... Pl- Tannehill had some amazing passes again. I, I don't know how much longer we can keep not putting him in the top five. I think I think another reason why people keep doubting them is because Tennessee, outside of that Buffalo game, Tennessee keeps winning games this way. Like they're not putting people like that. Look, that game originally looked like they were just going to run away from Houston, right? Mm-hmm. And then randomly, you know, Houston rattles off, you know, three straight scores and Tennessee's kind of choking the game away. And then, you know, Tennessee comes back and they score, but then they give up the go ahead touchdown to Houston and then they have to get the ball back. And then Derrick Henry has the big catch and run. And I think it's because it seems like they're Tennessee looks very streaky. Yeah. Well, look at their. The difference between their first half and their second half. Their first half was a punt, a touchdown, a touchdown, a touchdown, and that was that was their four drives in the first half. Yeah. And you get to the third quarter, blocked field goal, fumble, missed field goal, touchdown, interception, touchdown. Like it's just they seem to like. I. What I'm noticing this year is we're seeing all these, like, 16-point comebacks, like, in every week now. And, like, teams are just aren't able to make the same adjustments on the other side of the ball when they're coming out of that second half. Like, teams are making some, – some teams are making great adjustments. Other teams aren't doing good making those adjustments. But then you have Tennessee who – maybe aren't making those good adjustments but are able to correct it by the time, you know, the game's over. They're able to make those corrections to counteract the other corrections, you know? Yeah, it, it just seems like they... Yeah, like, they're, they're just streaky. Like, they go on these stretches where they just look absolutely incredible and you wonder how on earth they're going to be stopped. And then, like you said, like, they could have these stretches where they're missing field goals... They're not converting on, you know, third down. They had 
I mean, the first, like, two weeks of the year, Derrick Henry was not playing well. And they were basically relying on Ryan Tannehill to kind of get them down the field and, and, and win. And everybody remembers, like, that week one game against Denver, Guskowski missed a dozen field goals in the game mm-hmm. and then kicked the game winner. So I definitely think even though Tennessee is is 5-0 and and now Pittsburgh's 5-0 and and they had two impressive wins, um, I, I definitely think this is the biggest test for either team. Because this is by far the toughest defense that Tennessee has gone up against. And conversely, this is even though Cleveland was is is good and Cleveland has a, a dynamic offense that they, that can run the ball and they have great weapons, the familiarity with Cleveland, I think, kind of neutralized that for Pittsburgh. Tennessee is a whole nother thing. Like this is in this this is going to be the toughest matchup so far for either team, and whoever comes out of it six and zero, you know what? It's kind of strange. I'm actually in a weird way. I'm kind of like thankful the game got pushed back because now that each of these teams have had in Tennessee's case they've had two more games, and in Pittsburgh they've had one more game. The fact that now they're still undefeated. And we've seen the Chiefs lose, and the Ravens obviously lost to the Chiefs, and Ravens almost lost today. They almost blew the game against Philadelphia. Um, You know, New England's not looking too good. We still don't know what's going to happen with Buffalo on Monday night. Like, this game between the Titans and the Steelers is huge for, like, the rest of the AFC playoff picture. This was also the first game that Deshaun has looked like Deshaun. I agree. Like, it's... I don't know if you want to attribute it to anything, but it's it was his first, like, real, like, vintage Deshaun Watson game. I... Over yeah. 150 yards from scrimmage. Like, it's... Will Fuller looked good. Six for 123 in the touchdown. Brandon Cooks even Darren, had a touchdown. He even got Darren Fells involved. Six for 85. Like it's it's finally looking like that offense is starting to click without DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if they came together and be like, "Hey, we don't have DeAndre anymore to like throw it up to. We need all you guys to be able to go out there and make some plays too." But. It just, I was happy to see it. Well, question for you. I, I know the, uh, the, the, the analytic, like the analytics, uh, debate or whatnot into the Texans going for two after their touchdown to go up by nine instead of up by eight. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was one of those times where, they should have gone against the analytics and just kicked the extra point and forced the Titans to go for two to get overtime. I don't know. I, looking at it, it's I would have made the same decision they made to go for two because you either get the two and you go up by two scores or you miss it and you have a chance to play for the tie and you, you know, you just put it on your team to like not let it get to that point and then unfortunately they did and then unfortunately they lost the the coin toss, and the only thing it took was three plays what, in overtime. You, you want to? Do you want to know what's interesting about that? 
they made a but, point they made a point to show Deshaun Watson's reaction to the coin toss. Mm-hmm. And he was so upset that they didn't get the ball first. And like right. you can you can translate that as you want to. To me, that's it's pretty clear that Deshaun at least thought I mean he's not gonna say this. But, you know, obviously with the with the with the rules and the way they are, you want to get the ball first because you have a chance to win, to win the game without the the other offense ever touching the ball. But at the same time, you could just tell that he was upset because he was like, "Damn it. Like this that that defense got to go right back out on the field now." Like they just they had just given up. I always feel like if you're the defense that gives up the score that sends it to overtime, I just don't I feel like I don't often see like that defense then come out in overtime and subsequently get a stop. Like maybe I'm just thinking like like recency bias, but I just feel like I never see that. Like if you give up the score as time is expiring to go to overtime and then you immediately have to go back out there, it just feels like that that team whoever that is never comes away with the win. Yeah, they went 160 yards in what Five minutes. That yeah. defense on the field for 150, yeah. 160 yards. There was my my favorite part of the game was at the end with right before right before the AJ Brown touchdown. That was kind of iffy. Like I, the way I see the AJ Brown touchdown is like it was almost simultaneous that the knee and the foot touched the ground. Yeah, so whatever they whichever, had the whichever, whichever way you call it to begin with is the way you have to go at that point. Absolutely. Like if it's simultaneous. But then, but they lined up like they were going to spike the ball to clock the, or stop the clock. And then right at the last second, Tannehill dropped back into the shot, into the shotgun and they threw that pass. That was my, the fake spike. Almost like a fake, almost a fake spike. Yeah. I, I don't because know. You get, the, you get the defense lined up like you're going to do the spike. And then last second you change it while they're still trying to fix And they have like, what, like 0.2 seconds to figure out how to line up. And, and it's not like Tennessee is like a great defense. Like Tennessee's okay. You know, obviously right. they had Simmons back and it makes a big difference, but a lot, they have a lot of DB injuries and I, you know, Tennessee is thinking the same thing Houston is like, oh man, we don't want to put our defense back out there. So the fact that they scored, like you said, as fast as they did, and they were like, okay, well, let's try to at least we're not going to spike the ball. We're going to kind of pretend spike it and then throw it to A.J. Brown. And I don't know. Tennis, dude, Tennessee is, I don't know. I don't know what to compare them to. Like, like Tennessee is just like a this crazy, ab, like, aberration, but it's not an aberration. Tannehill's like this is gonna sound cra- like Tannehill. It is impossible to argue since Tannehill has arrived in Tennessee and gotten the starting job. Tana- T- Ryan Tannehill's been like a top five quarterback in the NFL. And yeah. coming into the season, we said he wasn't going to be able to sustain his deep ball accuracy, uh, but he has. Why would you call us out like that, Matt? Listen, I was about to say how many good fad pod boys calls there were. There were so many teams going for two. 
There were so many teams going for it on fourth down. Like, I was about to say that. And then you're playing our game. The NFL's adapting to the Fad Pod style, boys. It's just how it is. We run this league. All our news that we break first comes up like a couple of days later. All our takes and yeah, I mean, seventeen listens that we get a week. They're they're pretty high up in the football media. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What? Uh, what is there a, a game you wanted to talk about, Matt? That we've seen today. I. How much longer can we say the Bears are the worst X one team we've ever For- seen? Until literally forever. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. They are. They're not. Oh, my God. They are not a good team. <laughs> I don't they know. They shut how, down Bridgewater. They shut dude, down the I better did, without. Uh, you, know, you know what happened is. Oh, my Bridgewater God. Came out before the game. And as Dak would say, he was sniffing himself a little bit and saying, all these doubters had us before the season at three wins. Well, guess what? We're already at three wins. And then. He just spoke a little bit too soon, and that's all it took. It's so... Yeah, you're right. I I think it's so easy because they went up against Atlanta last week. And if you go up against Atlanta, you look like the best quarterback in the NFL. So, I don't know, man. Like, I think he's undeserving of him. Oh, whatever. Undeserving for him to come out and, like, be a little like proud of himself but like that just sealed the deal like that's the only thing that he needed to say for the, to seal the Chicago win today I think Chicago is what can I even compare them to Chicago is kind of like honestly they're kind of reminding me of Green Bay last year where they don't win pretty you have absolutely no idea how they're winning. It's like partially defense, partially big plays, clever play calling, not being like terribly uh, like reckless with the ball and stuff like that. You know, Allen Robinson's getting like 15 targets a game. They're not even like hiding it. They're just throwing it to him like a dozen times a game. Chicago... The big test for Chicago is going to be when they go up against a team that is... Because it was like, oh, well, what about their game against Tampa? Tampa had no healthy receivers that game. (laughs) Like, not one. All three of their starting receivers were hurt. I want to see Chicago go up against a team that can score consistently. Like, I'm not talking about a team like Atlanta that can only score... Unless it's the fourth quarter. Like, I want to see Chicago play Green Bay. I want to see Chicago play the Rams. I want to see them play... I don't even know if they play these teams. But, like, just off the top of my head. Because we know that Nick Foles is the streakiest of all streaky... He's the streakiest quarterback that's ever streaked. Like, ever. So, you're going to get those horrible Nick Foles games. Like, they're going to happen. And if you can't take advantage of it offensively, which Carolina, I think we just needed a reality check on Carolina. Like, Carolina's okay. Like, they're not elite. They're okay. They're just going to be pesky. They're going to be better than expected. They're going to win a couple games. 
but Carolina's not an elite team. And Mike Davis crashing back down to earth makes me sad because I'm I'm you guys know I'm big on the the running backs don't matter thing. And he's been like the newest flag that I've planted. But, you know, with his bad game, you know, maybe we'll see Christian McCaffrey back again, so uh breaking news we just got off of this game but uh starting left tackle taylor luan for the titans uh may have torn his acl oh okay well that definitely can hurt things next week (laughs) especially when you got to go against bud dupree and tj watt i think that puts their rookie at their left tackle unless they keep him at right tackle and put somebody else in there I don't know. That's gonna be. I don't know. I don't know what you would rather do. See that that those type of convers those type of like decisions always like. I don't. I never know what the best thing to do would be. But all right. So here's here's you know what. This is the perfect thing to talk about when when we talk about Chicago because Chicago's next three games, okay, are at the Rams on Monday Night Football versus the Saints and at Tennessee. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna know a whole lot about Chicago the next three weeks. Hell yeah, we are. So what do, if they win, what do we do if they win two of them? We continue to ignore them. <laughs> I will I can, I will continue to ignore Chicago. Listen to how listen to these games that they've won. They beat Detroit twenty seven twenty three when Detroit led by like twenty three points. They beat New York by four, where they scored 17. The comeback against Atlanta when uh, um, when Nick Foles came in. Then they got embarrassed by the Colts and only scored 11. Um, they beat Tampa by one. And they beat Carolina today in the Carolina come down game. We're like, oh man, we're in second place and we whooped up on Atlanta and got their coach fired and... I, I, I every, t- Chicago can go fifteen and one this year, and I will refuse <laughs> to to put them in like a top ten conversation unless they start like actually like convincingly winning, like blowing teams out, which they won't because they have Nick Foles. Fifteen and one, number one seed in the NFC. Overrated. <laughs> Overrated. Can you imagine anybody having that take? That's why you come here to Fat Pod so we can say great. <laughs> we can bring it back down. Oh, level level heads. Oh, uh, They usually they usually prevail. Um, why, next, is, why, why does Randy Bullock still have a job? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think it's just because he looks really good in a Cincinnati Bengals uniform. Like, I can't imagine that man wearing another uniform. If that like, makes sense. If I was Joe Burrow, <laughs> I would be going into the coach's office right after the game and being like, look, you wanted me, and I want you to get rid of Bullock. Like, that. I don't know. Games that he kicked away from them. Like, he had the cramp, cramp, I air quotes, cramp game. Then he had this one. If they he would, they were on the thirty-five yard line when Burrow threw that. I I know Burrow threw the interception, but they were on Indy's thirty-five yard line. If he would have hit that last 
field goal. They're down by one. They're in field goal range already. Burrow doesn't have to throw those passes and force those passes to try to win the game. True, but this is the second or third time now that Burrow has thrown an interception in the final two minutes of a game. I mean, it's the same thing for Justin Herbert. We've been talking about Justin Herbert, how much we like Justin Herbert. He's done the same thing in his starts. He's thrown interceptions in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. True. I I just think that what I was going to say was I don't know if if Burrow were to go into the office or the front office of the Bengals, I don't know if that would be the first thing he'd ask for. <laughs> I think the first thing he would ask for would be like, can you please get me some like protection? Like just well, get, I mean, just get someone to protect me, man. Getting a different kicker is a lot more easier than trying to find starting level starting caliber capable offensive lineman. I was happy to see that it looked like AJ Green finally developed a rapport with uh, Burrow today after a very slow start. Uh, Zero catches last week and then he came up with eight today for 96 yards. You Uh, You know who had also a really good game was T. Higgins. Yeah, he had six for 125, and he had almost had the touchdown on that out, but there was, it was too well covered by Colts for Burrow to have anywhere to fit it in. I like I like Higgins as that the guy to eventually supplant AJ Green mm-hmm. as just the big body target that Burrow can you know get the ball to in the end zone, and Boyd right. can kind of be that possession slot guy and. I mean, I don't know if Ross has even played at all this year. I hope not because he's not good. No, he was. He didn't. It doesn't look like he got any snaps today. Does it, do you guys know what Mixon's injury was? Because I know he went out. Like he had that touchdown plunge, and he was like dancing in the end zone. But then next thing I know, he's out of the game and not playing. Well, while you're looking up, the next game I want to bring up is. Whatever the hell happened in Foxborough today, I don't know what was in the water in the, uh, in well, the Denver, New England. What well, was COVID? It, well, yeah, Cam Newton can't beat the Broncos. <laughs> At least he dived on the fumble this time. Oh, he did. Dude, I was waiting for someone to make that joke. Like, I was waiting for a Panthers fan to go on Twitter and be like, oh, thanks, Cam. Now you dive on the fumble. Oh man, like dude, how embarrassing of that how how embarrassing is that for Bill Belichick that your defense held an offense to how many field goals was it 6? 6 yeah. field goals. 6 field goals. Drew Locke was out there flinging it, throwing interceptions and your offense against Oh my god. Like, that was horrible. This was almost the same score as that Kansas City uh, Pittsburgh game from a playoff game from a few years ago. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about that game. Um, (laughs) Ancient history. Yeah, ancient history. (laughs) Fuck that shit. Um, All my homies hate that shit. Uh, 
I don't know. I think this is just a byproduct of Cam being out multiple weeks and yeah. the organization getting COVID affected and their schedule getting changed around. And That's exactly what I thought. It was just Cam looked rusty. Like, they didn't get enough practices this week. Even, like, on Friday when they would have had a canceled practice anyway, they weren't going to practice just for precaution. Just a team that hasn't been able to practice enough I- compared to Denver, who's, you know, hasn't had a three-day off this week, but otherwise has been good. Can I, I was I was interested in uh, Melvin Gordon being rolled out with, uh, quote, strep throat after his DUI this week. Yeah. That was a little fishy. Yeah, it's uh, when, if the NFL should come down on it, especially since he was speeding, uh, but it's probably going to be a three-game interception or three-game suspension when he does when they do investigate it. All I'll say because I was talking to a couple of the kids that I work with that are steel, uh, that are Patriot fans about the game, and they one of them pointed that out. They were like, you know, the the, the whole cancellation COVID practice thing probably threw us off, and I was like, Tennessee didn't have that. Tennessee didn't use that as an excuse. We saw that Tennessee it didn't stop Tennessee from practicing. Right. Well, yeah, but I mean, eventually it did. Like, obviously, they didn't have like full on padded practices, especially once they got but, caught. But like, well, yeah, with we've seen Tannehill out there practicing with his receivers. Cam wasn't able to do that since he was one of the ones that tested positive. He had to quarantine himself yeah. at home. I. Now, I just think that was... He, he was quarantined. He didn't even have anybody to throw to at home, probably. So that was, like, you know, two weeks of not throwing, coming back, and trying to put a sustained drives. And even at the end, I, w- I was interesting at the end, they had the, all those design plays where Edelman was actually throwing the ball and everything. Like, they knew that Cam was, like, shaky. They could see it. Yeah, it, it definitely looked like he was. I mean, it just looked bad. Like he had that one sack. It's so strange when you watch the play. The one really big sack he took, he just stands and he stares down the middle of the field for like four seconds. He just stares down the middle of the field like he's just waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's not moving around. He's not looking for the pre- and he just gets annihilated behind the line of scrimmage. And, like, people are like, Cam, like, you're Cam Newton. Like, there's no reason why you should just be standing there essentially waiting to get sacked. You know, I mean, the Patriots just looked, man, like, that was shockingly bad. And, I mean, their schedule didn't get any easier either. I mean, they still have to play the Bills twice. They still have to play the Chiefs. They still have to play the Ravens. Or they already played the... I, I meant the Chiefs. I meant the, the Ravens. Um, they still have to play the Ravens. They Like, the Patriots need to... I don't know, man. They got to see how long Antonio Brown's going to be suspended for. And, and try to figure something out. <laughs> because every single week, it just seems like... Outside of that, that Seattle game they played, New England's offense has been... Rather pedestrian, if I'm not. Well, I think, I think uh, 
New England's already, Bill Belichick's already had his Antonio Brown experiment. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. Go back that well. Uh, the Joe Mixon injury is a foot injury. That's okay. All I have so far. Okay. Giovanni Bernard hours. Here they come. With his mustache. He's trying to rival a. Your boy. Your boy, yeah. yeah. How was, uh, man, how good did Detroit look? <laughs> they finally, look, man, they, they finally, finally, they realized, oh, wait, we spent a high round pick on a running back. Let's use him. That was nice. It was nice that they finally used him. I'm proud. I'm proud of Matt Patricia. Doing everything he can to save his job another year. Yep. It's all part of the process. Yep. I'm proud of Matt Patricia. This is the ten. This is a 15 year plan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make the playoffs soon. We're halfway there, guys. We're halfway. New England wasn't built in a day, guys. Come on. That's what he's. It's got to be what he's thinking, right? Don't worry, guys. We'll, uh, we'll we'll draft a fifth round quarterback and wait for Stafford to get injured, and everything's gonna work out just great. You'll <laughs> not, see. Not not play him. Not give him first team reps. Literally just wait until Stafford is hurt, then throw him in, and everything will just work great. The dynasty will start, and it'll be Motown Town. Yeah. Motown <laughs> Motown Town. They should get Minshew up there. That'd be a fifth-round quarterback, and he'd definitely know how to Motown. He would. This is very true. All right, well, Justin's not here, so he can't lament about the absolute ass-kicking that the Buccaneers handed the Packers. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay played Green Bay the same way the 49ers played Green Bay, and that's why Green Bay lost. Green Bay doesn't have an answer for a good four-man front where all the pressure comes from the defensive line and they don't have to blitz that much. And Green Bay doesn't have an answer for it. And especially if their run gets stopped, Aaron Rodgers can't hold on to the ball and do what he's been doing all season, and they crumble. So should we be tempering our expectations on Green Bay then? I mean, I guess not, because not every team can do that. No, not every team can do that. It's literally like the 49ers, Tampa Bay, the Steelers. That's almost... The Ravens. It. The Ravens. Nah, the Ravens blitz a lot. The Ravens blitz heavily. That That's the thing with them. They get pressure by blitzing. They don't always get pressure with just their front four. Oh, no, they can't. Like, they flat out can't. <laughs> They don't have a good pass rush with just four people. They have to blitz. Otherwise, they don't get any pressure at all. That's yeah, the thing. And when they blitz, and when they blitz, then Aaron Rodgers takes advantage of it. Right. Aaron Rodgers has trouble against – I mean, he, it's the same thing that people are doing against the Chiefs, but slightly different in the fact that, like, when people play the Chiefs, the teams that have played the best against them are the teams that only rush three or four, uh, pray that they can get some pressure on that and drop – drop their safeties 20 yards downfield and then keep everything in front of them. Force the dink and dunk. And it's just like when you're Tampa Bay or San Francisco or San Francisco when healthy, you know, you, you can play that sort of game against Green Bay and they don't have the offensive talent that Kansas City has to be able to continue to dink dunk. 
they, they can't navigate the zones because after Devonte, their the rest of the receiving core is not as good. Yeah, they, that's this was the first game where you really saw the lack of depth at the skill positions that Green Bay had. Where, and that was the other thing, like the passes that Aaron was throwing. Uh, I, you know, as much as we don't really like him, Phil Sims brought it up in you know the the pregame prior to the game going on right now. Uh, time bubble where this we're recording this during the Rams 49ers game which the 49ers are leading right now but um yeah seven nothing Phil Sims kind of brought it up where there was literally a moment in the game where Aaron Rodgers is not being pressured at all and he's reacting as if he is which is crazy when you think about he's a he's he's been in the league for you know, a decade and a half. And he's just like, he's like simulating pressure. And that's not, and it, I, I, it's not good. And, you know, some people are like, oh, well, it happened right when David Bottiari went out. And the mental, yeah, the mental, the mental aspect of not having David Bottiari there was, you know, too much for him or whatever but I don't know man like that just looked it's not like Brady played great either they mainly just ran the ball on on Green Bay which to Matt's point is exactly what San Francisco did just run the ball down their throats because they can't stop it because that totally neutralizes the strength of their defense which is Jairi Alexander and the Smith brothers so, yeah, I I got to give credit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for just, you know, basically just watching the two games last year that San Fran played against Green Bay and said, we're going to do that. This was the 15th meeting in NFL history between starting quarterbacks that each had multiple NFL MVPs prior to the matchup. The home quarterback is now 12-3 and in those games. Man. It's interesting. Man, why couldn't you... Why couldn't you have told me that prior to me picking the Packers? Well, I mean, I uh, I put a lot on Rodgers and Jones and Devontae this week. Uh, so I didn't yeah. know that until just now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm holding on by I don't know, man. To say I'm holding on by a thread when I'm up 110 sounds a little goofy. But the kid I'm playing has Kittle in this game. He's got Kyler Murray, John Brown, C.D. Lamb, and I think that might be it. Yeah, I think that's it. So, like, I'm nervous, dude. <laughs> I'm nervous. The Bucks became the first team since 2006 Vikings to allow fewer than 100 rush yards in 12 consecutive games. Uh, it's weird that there's two really good rush defenses in the same division because you have the Saints who haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher since 2017 Samaj P. Ryan in the Washington game. It's just... The, these teams are almost pretty... Similar, if you think about it. 
I think they're eerily similar. I just think that the you know the beginning of that 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 week one game I think was more you know a testament to because because Michael Thomas went out during that game right at the end it was already put away it was that oh, last yeah. goal goal line run that the Saints tried that Michael Thomas was on the outside okay. and the guy rolled over his ankle okay but yeah that was obviously the first game Brady with the Bucks and he. Didn't really have a training camp and all that stuff that people were saying, and um, I'm I'm I am really interested to watch those two teams play again because I I really think they're both in such a different situation than they were in Week One because there were so many question marks around Tampa and a lot of uncertainty, and New England was kind of not I'm sorry New Orleans was kind of riding that high of you know. Yeah, Tampa Bay is supposed to be good, but you're still the favorites and you're still, you know, Super Bowl contenders because of how talented everybody is and blah, blah, blah. Now that they're both kind of keeping pace with each other, I I really want to see them play again. Um, but I know that's not for a little while. Um, the last step from that game that is interesting is Aaron Rodgers has lost four of his last five games following a bye week. Really? Yep. So he's the uh, anti-read, I guess, of quarterbacks. Like it. I mean, that's what he gets for doing three pumps, you know? <laughs> that was a really good celebration. I, I felt bad that they ended up getting blasted after that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that was so good. Like, he got the flag on the third. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Are you talking? Just... You mean the Aaron Rodgers celebration? Yes. Yeah the 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 McCringleberry. The McCringleberry. Yeah. He got the flag on the third one. I just I couldn't. I just <laughs> he could have gotten away with two, but he went for three. <laughs> and he's got the people around him watching and counting, and then the flag comes out. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, really? <laughs> just, just we just bring McCringleberry to life. That's what lo- that's what lost the game right there. That penalty. That was the beginning of the end. Yep. Flipped field position. And then it was over. Oh my God. So, uh, do we want to, real quick, since we're going to be, uh, since we have two games on Monday, uh, how do how does our resident Chiefs fan feel about the upcoming game against the Bills in the, the battle of the bazooka arms? We're going to ass blast him. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I think... Calling it right here! I think Buffalo's going to get beat by three touchdowns. Woo! Man! to angry right now. Yeah, the Bills are getting beat by three touchdowns. Whoa! 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 I'm still riding high on... We saw who they really were last week against Tennessee. So I'm going to go with Matt on this one. Holy shit! I'm not willing to tap out that I was wrong about the Bills just yet. You're not signing the Josh Allen apology form? Not yet. They had it uh, on the PFF podcast with Steve Pizzolo and Sam Monson that I listen to all the time, which, I I mean, it makes sense because, you know, they're kind of my bosses. Um, mm-hmm. But, um... <laughs> I... Well, they're not really my bosses, but, like, you know, whatever. Um, 
I was listening to this was this was a week ago, their episode a week ago, and they Sam brought on the Josh Allen apology form, and he signed it, and he's like all for it. He's like, you know, we should apologize, yada yada, all this stuff, and he handed it to Steve, and Steve on the podcast ripped it up and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> It's a beautiful. And he was like, no. He's like, my analysis was spot on with him. <laughs> my analysis was spot on. I was like, he needs a lot of work. He needs a lot of touch. He's, you know, he's got stuff that's great, stuff that's terrible, blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. Maybe, I'll tell you what. If the Bills beat the Chiefs, I feel like Matt should have to sign the Josh Allen apology form. <laughs> I right, think sure. I think that should be a thing. You just said they were going to lose by three touchdowns. If they end up winning, you need to sign I'll the form. Sign the form. I won't be happy about it, but I'll do it. And then, and then you got to apologize. Well, I mean, signing the form is an act of apology, so I won't have you apologize to angry. But I'll, uh, I'll sign the form at nine wins for Buffalo. You'll sign it at nine wins. Yep. Okay. We have it on camp. We have it on. We have it on tape. So, all right. No, not George Kittle. No. What did he do? Get hurt? No, he scored a big fucking touchdown. I'm sad. Oh, I'm a play behind. I'm. A, oh my god, it's about to be 50 yards in it. Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking. Who in our league? Who in our league said that they sat him today? Who was it, Krebs? I think it was. It might have been. Dude, I'm going to fucking lose to this kid. I'm going to be so pissed off. <laughs> God damn it. That sucks. Sounds like a good place to end it. Oh, my God. Yeah, what's the other Monday game? Oh, Arizona-Dallas. Dallas is going to win. I don't care. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's going to go over 55, and Dallas is going to win. Dude, if it goes over 55, I cash in on my five-team parlay. Oh, yeah? What were your odds? How much are you going to get? Um, it's not like, it's not great odds. It's like one of those little sheets that you fill out that everybody gets in our area where we live. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And basically, okay, so basically, oh god, this, this sounds, this is gonna sound terrible. So basically what happens is, guy comes over my house, he gives my dad the sheets, my dad keeps one for himself, he gives me one, and he says, okay, pick a winner, and he, I'll front the money. So he usually get puts out the money and I pick the games. Last uh -huh. week last week I hit on a four teamer. Uh-huh. Um but he you only got a little ballsy and went to a five this week. So I got a little ballsy went to a five. So if we win, we get a hundred and sixty, but we split it halfway. So I'll get eighty, he'll get eighty. But I told him if I keep picking winners, I'm gonna upcharge him. I I want I want a higher percentage. If if I keep picking winners for him, so knowing my luck, this fucking Arizona Dallas game is going to be like twenty to seventeen. We'll and see. I'm just going to be sad about it. But yeah. Tobin played Kittle this week. Tobin played Kittle. Yeah. Ah, well, that's good. Probably should you should probably play Kittle almost all the time. I mean, where you draft them, you have to. Oh yeah, for sure, you have to. 
But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. What do you mean? We're not talking about the Jets-Miami game where Tua got his first touches as the NFL quarterback? That's the only memorable thing to come from this game. Bad in the butterception. The butter that's pretty much it. The butter set the butterception was great. The one single third down conversion was great. Um they were zero for nineteen. I was like, Ugh. the announcer's reaction to the converted third down was so funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so good. They were just like, oh man, someone better take that ball, put it in Canton. <laughs> I was like, you know, those fucking play by play dudes are miserable. Having to do a freaking Jets uh, Miami game, which by the way, Miami Dolphins sneaky second place. Yes. Miles Gaskin, he's the goat, dude. Love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Uh, Happy look, Corey, where 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 can the people find us? Uh, they can find us at. F-A-D-P-O-D on Twitter, at F-A-D-P-O-D. Yeet. Which, by the way, Matt was tweeting out some some spicy statistics on there uh, this morning, and we're going to try to do that as he finds them. Um, we're going to have him do that more often. It was you that was doing that, right, Matt? Yeah, it was me. Okay. But yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to have him do that a lot, because a lot of them were really interesting. Uh, so if you do follow us on Twitter, definitely stay tuned for that. Jared Goff's going to run for a first down. He did it. Good job. Um, to watch that play happen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, give us a follow there. Um, Corey's been doing a good job of keeping us organized and keeping us, you know, recording frequently. So that means we, we did apologize about the Friday. Oh, no, 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 no. We did record one on Friday. You just, you guys just aren't looking hard enough for it. All right. That's all. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. It's, I see uh, it. You have to solve. You have to solve the uh, multi-layered riddle that started in this episode, and you have to work your way back. And you can there, listen to the Friday episode. At certain at certain points in every episode leading up to this one, we gave a one-word hint as to where <laughs> that episode from Friday would be uploaded. But you don't know what word it is, so you got to figure oh, it out. Yeah, a one-word hint. Sometimes in the first five minutes or in the last twenty. There you go. <laughs> All right, that's enough. All right, <laughs> we'll see you guys Wednesday. And oh, oh, that's new. Oh well, then Matt, you need to say I don't. I, I don't. Oh, we're we're so oh we're we're, we're mixing it up. It's variety. Do you think Justin will be upset if I just don't stop recording yet? <laughs> just he, let it keep running. Yeah, and he has to figure out when to when to stop it, when to edit this. Oh, uh, knowing knowing his lazy ass, he's just gonna not listen to it and upload it, and this is all gonna be in there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>